Hello, it's Professor Nigel Adams of the Buckingham Enterprise and Innovation Unit. And as you will see, we are now on podcast, Entrepreneurs Podcast number 13. Yes, not unlucky for us. In fact, we're very lucky. We're going to be doing something different this time yet again. We've got two of our alumni and graduates. They are, uh, in alphabetical order, otherwise they'll start arguing, Jack Woodward and Matthias Wurtz. Uh, you can guess which is the English one, can't you? Anyway, they both speak brilliant English and uh, they were graduates or they were BBE enterprise students from 2016, 2017. So they've survived in the outside world for a little bit and you'll hear a bit what they do. Uh, hello, gentlemen. Hello, hello Nigel. Well, that was that was almost that was almost stereo. That was this is good. Oh, by the way, I will say they are friends. So if you hear them arguing, that's quite normal. Um, gentlemen, I'm going to start. I'll ask Jack for a start. Um, uh, though we we've been warned that Jack might take over, haven't we, uh, Matthias? Hello. Yeah, that's probably very likely to happen, but it's all right. <laughs> right, Jack. Your background. Yeah. Where are you from and how did you end up applying for BBE? Um, so my, I'm from Leicestershire. Um, I applied for BBE because I wanted to do something that was, uh, I wanted to go to university and study, uh, but also wanted to do something practical. I didn't want to go to university and study something that was purely academic. Um, so I was searching for courses uh, that included practical you know, parts to them. Um, uh, you know sort of online and looked at some different ones around the country and uh, Buckingham appeared to be my best option and so I, I applied to Buckingham as my first choice and uh, went down for an interview with you guys and, and got in got a place and uh, and then obviously went went off to Buckingham after I've done my A-levels and uh, started started the course down there with you guys. Very good. Um, and now, um, not not too far to come from Leicester, is it? Well, you're just you're just north of Leicester, aren't you? Or you're Leicestershire? Uh, just just south. So ten miles. Oh, you're south. south of Leicester. Yeah. Uh -huh. So only just right. into Leicestershire. We're on the border between Leicestershire and Warwickshire. Very good. Um, well, I'm not far from you, um, Matthias. Your background, which is, you can tell from your name, slightly different. Yes, it is. Um, so I'm yeah I'm originally from Denmark as you mentioned uh, moved over here when I was about three and so I've lived here most of my life so uh, unlike my parents I've uh, I've uh, managed to shake off the Danish accent um, which I'm quite I'm very grateful for uh, so how did I find Buckingham well I'm from Milton Keynes uh, and despite being so close it was actually quite um, you know it wasn't very well uh, publicized I thought my 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 a-level career advisor she didn't know too much about the union I thought it was a real shame because when we investigated it a bit further it was just the sort of thing we were looking for it had the practical element like Jack said uh, I, I was going to do business because that was what uh, our family uh, I come from a family of entrepreneurs uh, as does Jack and uh, so I was brought up around that sort of environment so I always wanted to do business but the whole thing of, of doing a business management degree where it's you know three years academic and uh, and, and theory before you get to do any actual practical work on a business didn't really appeal to me. So Buckingham was perfect because it gave you that mixture of 50% academic and then also the practical side of applying what you've learned to your business. 
Uh, and then, well, actually, I met Jack on the on the interview. Funnily enough, we so we already met. Uh, we were interviewed, I think, on the same day. So, uh, yeah, that was quite quite funny. I think we we're the only two from that interview that, that made it onto the course. So, and then we've stayed. I think, in touch I think they were. I can't even. I can't, well, you must have met some previous business enterprise students. Do you remember who they were? Probably not. I think we met. Uh, I remember meeting Sean and Matt on yeah. uh, on the first ah, well, on the interview yes. day. Yeah, that would have been it. Yeah, exactly. Well, they've actually. Have you listened to their podcast? Yes. I'm, a, I'm an avid, Good. avid listener. Uh, oh, wonderful, podcast. wonderful. Well, yeah, you you'll know all the questions, so I've got to come up with some different ones now. Um, now, um, uh, Matthias, um, let's go back to you uh, for, uh, on the family business. Uh, can you explain a bit more about your family business? I think it's quite an interesting one. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, in Denmark, my dad worked for a hi-fi and audio company called Eltax. Uh, it's quite old now. Um, but uh, where he was the export uh, manager for for them to come for goods exported over to the UK, uh, and he was quite high up in the role. I think he was uh, assistant uh, to the CEO, I believe. Uh, but given his interest in hi-fi and uh, passion for it, he thought he could do this better. As a lot of you know entrepreneurial stories are, you find something and you think you can do a better job. So uh, he started his own hi-fi and audio uh, brand over here. Now we also sell TVs to retailers and also uh, online through platforms like Amazon, uh, which has been going on now for about 12 years, I believe. Uh, company's called Tebow. So that's sort of what I've been Excellent. doing. Excellent. Excellent. Again, that that family background being involved in, and back to you, Jack, on the family background. What what's your family's business? Um, so they have uh, their main business is in the leisure industry. Um, it's a place called Stony Cove in Leicestershire, um, which is a flooded quarry. It's a thirteen acre lake, um, which is the UK's national scuba diving centre. Um, so they have a training school there. Um, they have a bar and restaurant. They have a retail um, outlet. They have uh, a manufacturing facility um, and a service department as well, all for dive gear and, and related products. Um, so people come from all over the UK to, to use the facility. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a real varied business. There's lots of different avenues and it makes it quite, quite a complicated thing, but uh, that's what they do. Excellent. And I, I have to remember your your start in being an entrepreneur was very early. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, so my first thing, or well, one of the first things I did was um, I started with turkeys. Um, so I decided that um, turkeys were particularly expensive, Christmas turkeys, and um, particularly for the ones of high quality, so organic turkeys and such like. And uh, so I decided that um, I could uh, could buy some chicks when they were young and uh, and grow them myself for Christmas and then sell them to family and friends um, to to make a bit of money from. Um, so I ended up doing that for three years um, and did about 20, uh, 65 birds over the three years um, in the end. And then there was a slight. And I have there. to ask, how old how old were you? I was 12 when I started with that. <laughs> yeah, so, People will uh, love this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bit of a strange one, but uh, it was that was my start. That's and you made I, money? 
Yeah, I made money. You made um, money. I, I made money. Not you know, in terms of if you looked at it per hour, it would be an outrageous figure. But uh, I made money. You know, at the end of the year, I it was like uh, it was it was a good Christmas. You know, to, to have done all that work and then and then be able to sell them. And then then you being being the serial entrepreneur you are, what did, what did you do next at the age of fifteen? Was it? Yeah. So. As I said, there was a slight overlap. I think it was 14, 15. Um, I then started selling uh, firewood. So I, I started that business with with £45. Um, and I bought some um, some scrap timber from a timber yard. And we had a saw at home already. So I, I began to saw this up and sold it to a few people that we knew that had log burners. Um, and after a while managed to sort of build up and managed to buy my first arctic uh, lorry load uh, 26 ton and then process that into firewood by hand the first load um, so did 26 ton with an axe effectively so it was about it was about i think it was 55 60 cubic meters of timber something like that um, and then that was all sold out um, to cuts to the local area um, and then that grew and grew and when I finished with that business um, at the age of well, it was the year I finished university so probably 21 um, I did six articulated lorry loads that year so over 300 cubic meters um, in that final year but uh, No, no. My uh, entrepreneurial thing came a bit later. Came I uh, came after uni or, or at uni, uh, shall I say? I was only I was cutting the lawn for the local neighbours, but uh, <laughs> that was pretty much it for two pound a lawn. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I came and helped Jack occasionally, and but yeah, good stuff. Right. Um, you've told us how you found Bucky, and both of you did, because you were running down the road and you went looking for it, so you know where. So, um, Matthias, uh, on your um, on your first day, what do you remember about your first few days at the university in the in the enterprise activity? Excellent question, Nigel. Um, <laughs> that's think that yeah, you'll have to go back. Uh, I thought that. I was really quite an important thing for me was the size of the uni. Um, I thought that it would be quite easy to be lost in these bigger kind of universities um, and just become sort of a statistic. And I really wanted to, uh, you know, be able to have a good group of friends and, and sort of know everybody quite quickly. And, and the uni helped me with that. So I thought that I was glad that it wasn't bigger than it was. It was quick. It was quite, it didn't take long to, uh, you know, get your bearings and, uh, figure out where everything was um and i surprised i guess i felt quite at home pretty quickly you know the first week's obviously difficult for anybody when they first move away from home but uh yeah i, I think mm. it was quite a an easy easy period to settle into actually okay and you'd met jack already so did you remember him no no i didn't um, <laughs> I think he came up to me and, and remembered me for uh, for whatever negative reason he can come up with. But uh, we, uh, yeah, we met again, and then it was quite, yeah, again, it didn't take long to make friends either, because as I say, you know, there isn't 
it's not that big so you can quickly see you recognize faces and quickly become familiar with each other so it didn't take long before everybody sort of settled in and um yeah me and me and jack and, and others in in the bbe group actually i mean instantly you go around and ask what everybody's doing so bbe people naturally uh you know as you said they're a, they're a bit of a, a, a different uh different kind of students of your, your breed breed yeah, different breed so uh so like we quickly sort of <laughs> fell found each other even before we'd even had our first lecture together um so yeah bb became really like a close family quite early on yeah yeah and jack what about your memories of your first few days at, at buckingham uh well what firstly the one of the main things i remember is your enthusiasm nigel um as uh you know as a standout feature i don't think uh, you're a particularly standard lecturer um or you know, or person that works at the university generally. Um, so I remember that you know, obviously very vividly. Um, but also very similar to Matthias, um, you know, the fact that, um, you know, you get to know people really quickly and the groups are really small. And rather than it being like a lecture, it's more um, sort of a discussion. You know, people are encouraged to be involved and you know, if someone's particularly quiet or something like that, you know, uh, the lecturers and the other people in the um, in the lecture will, you know, invite them in and, and you know, encourage them to discuss and, and make them feel comfortable in the place. So uh, it's very much like a family rather than sort of a, a standard university. Okay. Um, now, uh, who do you, do you remember all these wonderful BBE students? Um, well, I, re I remember most of the people. Well, you remembered Matthias for a start, didn't you? Because you spotted him oh, before oh, he spotted you. Mean, you. What, when we arrived? I think the only yeah, 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 yeah. Matthias, that was the only one I'd met. I hadn't met anybody else before the first day. Um, so I met the others that, well, I think it was a, a few days after we first arrived because we had the, you know, the freshest days and then um, we started doing the stuff as a group. I think we started, what was it, about 13 or 14 of us as we started. Um, so people got to know each other quite quickly, you know, as we went into the lectures and that sort of thing. Um, I'd just like to add as well, on the first day, I remember there was one person on the BBE course who had, because had, we, you know, we all know we're here to start a business uh, um, as that's part of, part of the course. So we're naturally talking about business ideas straight from the, you know, for the first day. Some people, somebody had already had like a Bible, like a, a big thick book, and he had about a hundred different business ideas down that he'd said he'd, he'd written down one a day for the past however long. Um, so straight away you're like, okay, this is this is a different kind of, of mentality, isn't it? I mean, people are here to to, to get things done. So uh, a bit intimidating when you're, <laughs> you know, you come along and somebody's already got a hundred business ideas, and you're trying to figure out which one you should, you know, your first one. But yeah, it was yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember who it was? Yes, that's why <laughs> I kept it nameless. But if you, I'll, I'll, I'll add it if you want. I'll name drop him if you want. It was a uh, Christopher Enswell. Christopher Enswell. Ah, sure yes. Maybe. It all ends well with Christopher. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, he he would he would that was his style wasn't it absolutely absolutely mm. right so I was going to say um, asking you about other students well you already remember one well now let's just go on to remembering others because 
the whole idea of the BBE is for you to actually come together with other students and, and run a business you, which you pitch for up to £5,000 within four months of arriving. You remember that? That's why you joined, didn't it? Um, <clears throat> so, Jack, um, how did you come together with your team, your colleagues, and can you remember them all? I'm sure you can. I can remember them all. Yeah, so, so <clears throat> my two colleagues were uh, Beth uh, and Rafi. Um, so it sort of came away... We sort of came together, I don't know, sort of a, obviously as a three, but uh, I think as sort of two twos, if you know what I mean. So there was an overlap of one person, you know, that wanted to work with, with uh, you know, sort of both people. And then that, you know, brought us all together as a team. Um, and we decided that we were all of similar ideas and uh, we all had a similar agenda. So... Um, we decided that it would be best for us to work together. And you would just talk a little bit about how did you come up with your ideas and what? Do we, how many ideas did you go through till you finally came up with the one which you went for? Um, I can't remember the, the ideas, to be honest, before before the one we went with. Um, but there were some, weren't there? There were some. There was, yeah. I oh, know. Mateus has just reminded me. They had uh, one of the first ones we looked at was. Um, was a Leavers school diary. Oh, it was an organiser. An organiser. Christian's just reminded me. Yeah. And um, so the idea of the organiser was that we could uh, brand it for each school um, and sort of send them all out as a pack that they could give to their students um, when the students arrived for the first time at school. Um, so it would include a diary. It would include... Um, sort of uh, templates for them to organise their lessons and where they were supposed to be at certain times um, and, you know, notes and all that sort of stuff. But the idea is that every single one would be customised um, to the school and potentially customised to the, uh, the students as well. Um, so we could print these out for each school and send them out as packs. Um, but we, we didn't go get too far with that idea and so we... We moved on quite quickly. Um, we all had a good job. You didn't remember why it was a good job. You didn't. I don't know. I don't remember. Who was who was who was on your panel that was that Adam McGill was doing the same thing. thing. <laughs> oh, very similar. Wasn't he? he did yeah. it quite successfully as well, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, that's a good yeah, one. That's a good. One. So then you moved. You moved on. So we moved on there. Yeah, when you moved on, to, then... um, we all had a, a shared passion for fitness. Um, and so we decided we were going to try and start a fitness brand um, and um, under the name Geared or Geared Fitness. And um, so we, we generated a logo and, you know, created a brand effectively um, and then started trying to sell products under that brand, under that brand name, uh, promoting through Instagram and other social media outlets. Um, and that was and I think a year or two before... A year or two before, a famous company had started. A year or two before, another company had been started completely outside, which yeah. was, you, you kept looking at and seeing how they were doing. What was called? Gymshark. So Gymshark. Yes. Have you heard the latest uh, on them? Well, Gymshark now, I think, is valued at uh, one and a half billion. Um, yep. So they're pretty big. They're pretty big. Amazing, isn't it, what happened yeah. to and they yeah, were down the road from Adam McGill as well, weren't they? <clears throat> no, so it's a strange world. So you, you, 
Yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. We're very small world. This is very strange. Now, so okay, so that you're developing it was your fitness products. And I remember you were talking about bamboo, bamboo clothing at one point. Your various things you did. Anyway, let's move on, um, Matthias. Um, your ideas and who did you work with and how did you find them? How, well, how did it happen to come together? <clears throat> so my business partner was uh, Sash, and we came together because uh, originally, when everybody's trying to sort out. Um, who their partner is, we're all writing down our talents and our passions. Uh, and we found that we had quite a lot of similar interests. So uh, I'd recently spent five years working for David Lloyd in the Deal Kids Kids Club, um, or in the crash. Uh, and uh, so we had a passion for that. And then as well, we were both um, bilingual. So Sash was from South Africa and uh, me being Danish, uh, we had obviously similarities there so our first business was a uh, a party pack not a party box business um for, for you know party decoration so it would have all the, the bunting and things in and there'll be themed boxes that we could uh sell to different uh, birthday parties for example at, at david lord crash or, or something like that a themed event um for whatever reason and you might have to remind me i don't know why that that fell through but that didn't end up taking off and so we pivoted. I can't remember. No, me neither. I, yeah. I don't know. Uh, anyway, we pivoted and then we decided to do a bilingual book business. Um, uh, so obviously, Sash speaks Afrikaans, I speak Danish. So we would do a, a kid's book teaching uh, children, um, you know, how to speak simple, you know, speak, uh, pronounce simple words uh, in whatever language the book was, was themed in. Um, and we wanted to differentiate ourselves by targeting um, foreign uh, families who had moved over to England and then hadn't were trying to then educate their child. Their, the child was growing up over here like we were, so I was taught a lot of English uh, early on. Um, and then there's a risk that I might lose my uh, Danish language. Um, so then we would that would be our target rather than the other way around, which is, okay, you're English and we're trying to teach them how to speak German, for example. Um, so we did yep. that and we got some funding and uh, I will let you ask any other questions before I jump ahead. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, well, not indeed on too much. I'm now going to say something else for, for Jack. Um, uh, this will test you, Jack. I like testing you. Um, what were some of your favourite moments while you were studying? I mean, there were lots of other times, but, but while you were studying at Buckingham, involving the uh, course? Some of my favourite moments, well, my my particularly standout favorite moments in terms of the course itself was uh, meeting the uh, the guest speakers that we had each week um, I found them really really interesting uh, particularly companies or guest speakers like uh, handmade Christmas Co that we had in um, meeting the people that uh, the guy that did the the HTML code um, the guy that invented the curs system um, so they're really my standout favorites um other favorites are um sort of some of the trips we went on and that sort of thing with the school trips we did and um um the trip we did with the vice chancellor to uh, to the house of commons when we spoke there that was very good very interesting um so yeah mainly the sort of the more practical side of the course that i really enjoyed um and uh, you know, meeting all the different, or having the opportunity to meet all the different people that we did meet, um, and, and talking to them, and 
you know, understanding how they how they tick. Yeah, it's good. It's given Gus Mateus um, a, a, a chance to think. Hopefully, we'll see. Uh, what were your favourite moments while you were studying at Buckingham? Obviously, we had the fun outside as well. But while you were studying on the course, exactly the same. No, I'll try and think of some. Uh, <laughs> um, the I quite enjoyed having the opportunity to meet all the different uh, visiting lectures. Um, so there was quite a few that came in who had, uh, you know, made a career in whatever profession uh, that there was and, and uh, the topic that they were specializing in. So we had consultants come in uh, who were teaching us uh, management, uh, business management. Uh, we had, you know, top lawyers coming in, teaching us law and people who had, weren't just theorizing about how to do stuff, but actually done it in the real world. Um, and then were teaching us how, how they had applied it and how we could also apply it ourselves. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was really eye opening. Um, and again, another thing I don't think you'd get on most sort of business degrees. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, again, that's interesting. Interesting to have different views. Uh, you listen to various um, uh, podcasts. They've got different people having different views. So it's, it's good. It's good that you're coming up with something different. Um, um, Mateus, I'm going to stay with you to, to give Jack a chance to think of the answer for the next one, you see. Um, what was your biggest learning point from your time at Buckingham? What do you think really stands out? What, you, what was the thing that you really learned that probably you didn't expect you'd learn? <clears throat> Failure is okay. Failure is good. <laughs> failure is good. <clears throat> you need a bit of failure. There are so many hurdles and things which there will be inevitably when running a business, which has translated a lot, I can say, after, uh, you know, since running my own business after uni as well. Um, which is the thing that I found most challenging, but also the most rewarding, um, was how to overcome all of these different challenges and uh, failures sometimes. Mm. So whether it, that be, oh, you know, it's a whole range of whether that's be if you're having uh, difficulty with one area of, the, of business, so let's say it's, it's law and the legal side, then you need to focus a bit harder on that and other aspects you're, you're better at. Or, you know, if there's inter-team issues for example which you know can easily happen as well they're not every, mm, oh yes personalities yeah exactly and everybody's big yeah. personalities entrepreneurs usually aren't introverted are they so they're going to come in and and have an opinion <laughs> on a lot of things so it's it's just trying to uh get all the cogs to to go together but yeah i think uh failure definitely is good and uh without it you know whenever you succeed wouldn't feel as good so Interesting one, interesting, good one, good one. Um, Jack, you've been given the chance to think again. Well, we, uh, your biggest learning points or point or points of your time at Buckingham? Um, so I would say, um, or the most important thing that I learned was was about public speaking. Um, and I, I always answer the question the same, you know, whenever it's asked, or you know, what I learned the, the most, or what I think. Uh, you know, the most important thing was that I got out of university. And I think one of the most important things for sure was the ability to start public speaking. Um, I wasn't particularly quiet as it was um, before I went, but um, I think that by being, uh, you know, asked to do public presentations all the time and, and encouraged to, to speak up, um, it makes a massive difference to to all the students, you know, there was a lot of people, or not a lot of people, but there were some people on the course that were were quiet at the start, you know, and towards the end of the course, they weren't at all quiet, you know, they could uh, 
they could speak to anybody and you know in in what we do in you know in business generally um, the ability to to speak to people and ask questions is uh, is what makes the difference a lot of the time you know if you don't ask then you don't get so um, that was definitely the most important thing for me yeah and again not being afraid of rejection and talking to it you're just able to talk to anybody um now as well you know regardless of the outcome it's 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 it's, it's part of the whole package well I, I think i said to you all i said to everybody you're going to be different people at the end of this course and um, and, and that uh, all of you i'm sure developed in in different ways but you all developed that certainly so um jack now we're going to give you the the next question and that's um what uh, have you actually done since you left the university uh well what was it beginning of 2018 two two and a half years ago a lot of paperwork to start with um <laughs> so well to cut a long story short i've been working on working on a project to uh called the industrial bar project um which is a company um that i've founded um to try and open uh, 10 to 15 artisan bars around the country um, within the next 10 years. Um, and at the moment, this year, we've just opened uh, the first one in Leamington Spa, um, which is a sort of a medium-sized unit uh, selling lots of different craft product, um, lots of different craft beer, gin, wine. Um, and a lot of the product rotates continuously as well. So every time you come into the bar, you can have a different experience. Um, so you could come in one week and we have a certain selections of beers on that you could try and, you know, try something new. And then you could come in the following week and we'd have a different selection for you to try. Um, so every time you come in, you have a different experience, but every time you come in, you have a good one is the idea. Um, it's a very sort interesting. of interesting. Yeah. And I think it'd be useful because I know a little bit of this, but not enough. Um, when did you when did the idea come about when did you first think about it um so it was sort of in the final I, i'd always had sort of a passion for craft <clears throat> craft products and artisan products um right from when i started with the turkeys um and you know i wanted them to be the very best quality um and so i've mm. always had a passion for really quality products um and uh the sort of craft beer revolution began or started popping up in the UK in sort of 2015, 2016, uh, where these smaller artisan bars were popping up and offering this new type of product that, you know, a lot of people haven't seen before in the UK, instead of your standard sort of Carlsberg, Carling, you know, you, the traditional bitters like Pedigree and Spitfire and things like that. This stuff was, was new and uh, sort of more modern and cutting edge and following new styles. Um, so I would say it was really, I sort of saw it coming in when it came in, you know, back in like 2015, 2016. Um, so had an interest in it then, but uh, there was a particular bar open close to home um, in 2015, I think, or 2016. Um, and so that was the, the initial inspiration um, for it. And then a lot of the inspiration for the, for the project and the style of the project uh, being all in, an industrial style came from some of the bars in East London, um, in trendy East London. Um, so yeah, that's sort of where it came from.
Well, it took a long time. It took um, close to a year um, to find a suitable premises. Um, and then after mm. that, there was... Because you were looking in what, Leamington Spa is not next to Leicester, though, is it? Or, or your it's place? It's, it's so about 35 minutes from home. Um, okay. From where I live in Leicestershire. So it's not too... It's not too far, but it was the perfect demographic for the first one. Um, so yeah. we looked for a certain demographic, um, you know, for our clients. Young people. A lot of our products very premium, and uh, Leamington fits yeah. the bill perfectly for the type of product we sell. Um, and so far, yeah. it's proven that as well with, you know, with the trade that we've done. Um, so yeah, that was the. That so was it took you a year to find it. So you started in. in 17, 18, and yeah, so the, the company was incorporated it. in October 2018. Um, yep, and then it took a year ish to find a property, um, maybe a, a little bit less actually, because um, first of October 2019, um, so first of October, sorry, 31st of October 2019 was the day I signed the lease. Um, so it was actually a it would have been a year from when it was incorporated um, yep. to when we got into the property. Um, but I was working on it, I suppose, before. I was looking at the property before that point in 2018 as well. Um, but I went through negotiations for a number of different properties before settling on the one that we went for. And but then, then you got, got the property what, a, a year ago, wasn't it? You got the property a year ago. Yeah, so and, I got, yeah, and, so a year and, now. So then I did, uh, we did the fit on the property. Um, so the fit was was quite extensive. Um, it was a bare shell, so it had no services in it either. So there was no gas, no electricity, no water, um, no internal walls. Um, so everything there that's present now was, was constructed. Um, so all the internal walls were constructed out of brick. Um, rather than the stud work, um, because it fitted the, the theme better. The style, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so it's everything in there is sort of genuine, rather than I wanted the, the to achieve the, the genuine industrial look, my thoughts were always that you needed to use genuine industrial artefacts rather than a lot of, there's a lot of repro companies um, that produce. <laughs> yes. Pseudo stuff. That produce replicas of, of industrial lighting, for example, and, and that sort of thing. So, and I didn't want to use those because they don't create the right look. So everything in, no. in the bar and everything in the in the rest of the bars will be genuine. Um, you know, to create that genuine industrial look, and uh, so that it you know it all looks correct and uh, and and right. And um, and when did you open? Um, so the first day of trading was um, the 31st of August 2020. Um, so the original opening date was set to be um, about the 28th of April. Um, but then there was uh, delays because of coronavirus. Um, when that came in, they shut all the builders merchants. Uh, a lot of the contractors didn't want to come and work. Um, and so the build was slowed right down and then a lot of the build was completed throughout lockdown um, with pretty much just me and, and dad um, building it out of places like B&Q and Screwfix that were still open for collections. 
um, yeah. rather than the builders merchants, which were all closed at the time. Um, mm, so yeah, mm, mm. the 31st was the first day. Um, and then we did eight weeks trade um, before the current lockdown closes again. Um, and now it's yeah, currently, yeah. currently closed and waiting to reopen. <laughs> Yeah, um, one of the things we tried to teach on on um, on, on BBE was was uh, tenacity. Uh, I think you you did get that, didn't you? Keep going. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think I've got hold of that one. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Some people have asked me, you know, was there ever a point, or has there been a point where I've thought, uh, you know, maybe it's a good idea to, to stop or leave it, or you know, maybe it's not right or something like that. And unfortunately, that points. Or that thought's never popped into my head, so uh, it will very much continue. Oh, we we uh, might have had an influence on you. We might have yeah. had an influence on you. So uh, yeah, it'll you never know, do you? And we'll get to the we'll get to the ten or fifteen units. So we'll uh, within the ten years, I think, as well, because we're going to get better and better at it. Um, the the first one was uh, well. The first one's always the most difficult, isn't it? Yeah. The first yeah, one's well, always the most difficult. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I think the other thing I was going to say, well, we, we went on the, from the 2nd of December or 3rd of December, whatever it is, we ought to actually name your wonderful place and tell them where it is in Leamington Spa. Then at least you might get some custom out of it. <laughs> so uh, the bar is called the Boiler Room um, and it's just south of um, the bridge on the main street in Leamington on Parade. Um, and uh, Just yeah, south of the river. Yeah, Leamington Spa Town Centre. Lovely, very good, very good. A royal living to spa, if my memory goes right. It is, yeah. We are right next go. to the uh, right next to the the royal uh, pump rooms. Yes, yes, it's very... yes. I, I think the beer tastes better than the water, so you're all right. Um, <laughs> now, uh, Matthias, uh, what have you done since left leaving the university? <clears throat> uh, so. After I, unlike Jack, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to start a business, but I didn't know what it was going to be. So, you know, Jack was working away on it um, between lectures and that sort of thing on the bar. Whereas, yeah, unfortunately, I didn't quite know just yet. Um, so I, looking back, I rushed into uh, getting a, uh, a sales job for a company called Ingram Micro, which I worked for for uh, about a year, approximately. Um, all the time looking for what the opportunity would be for me to uh, be able to start my own business. Um, that opportunity then came uh, when one of the retailers who I I mentioned my uh, my parent my uh, the family business uh, sells to um, they we, we need I was thinking about what kind of stock that they could uh, that was missing from their catalog what kind of product ranges they were missing and. I think that was getting quite big at the time and is obviously growing now is the uh, light electric vehicle market. So electric scooters and electric bikes and that sort of thing. Um, so we spoke to the customer and he uh, very nicely said that he wanted the, uh, he was keen to buy the product and, and have that category in his, in his uh, product range. Um, so we, uh, I, I left that job and went to China and then we sourced some samples of uh, five different products. We had an electric quad bike, a hoverboard, a electric scooter, balance board, all sorts of stuff. Um, and got that back and then created a brand called um, Whirlwind, 
which then uh, we then supplied um, electric, all the five products as I mentioned uh, to this customer and then also expanded to other retailers um, uh, for the first, well yeah, that's how it started anyway. Uh, and then things later changed. And when, when did it start? Uh, when it's did it start? Incorporated in October, just like Jack uh, of 2018. Uh, and <laughs> we officially started selling. So I, I quit the job in, uh, in November, I think, uh, 2018. Um, and then worked on it, getting the products, designing the, the products, um, altering the samples, the, doing the, the carton boxes and the manuals, uh, uh, getting all the certificates made and all the branding, uh, all of that that took until April, and then we started selling in April to this to this retailer. Um, so yeah, that was the first year. Excellent. Yeah. So you you were quicker than Jack then. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But you know, mine isn't. I'm not making mine from scratch as Jack is. So and um, he's had he's had more. Uh, mm -hmm. he's, yeah, well, I, I, I love having you beating Jack for a change. Sorry, I do love having you beating. I love having you beating Jack for a change because it's he'll always claim he's ahead, won't he? I don't know if I'm beating him, but yeah, sure, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> it's close. You take he's, it. He's catching me quickly, though. He's catching me quick. Yeah, he, he's he's doing all right. Um, nice. so uh, both of all, let's start with Mateus first. How? What have you found it like um, working in your own business? And have you used your university? learning and your experience in in your current roles yeah so the point i made earlier about the the thing that i found most <clears> useful <throat> now was about uh you know not giving up after failing and failing is okay and, and you know challenges and tenacity as well uh so this this mm. customer was you know a huge customer that they had uh, 240 stores around the uk and they were selling i think we sold 3,000 products to them uh, in this this year um uh, sort of 2019 and uh, unfortunately they they then went bust at, at the start of this year January 2020 um, and at that point I had very limited stock um, and obviously I wasn't aware that Covid was going to happen so but um, we decided then to, to you know pivot and, and at that point we could have given up but I thought we would you know attempt to try um, Amazon and go the online route so spent some time understanding and uh, investigating and educating myself about how amazon works and and we actually found that there was a business there whereas originally maybe it was it was just a, an experiment actually it was a we could you know we could still have a profitable business just through amazon um that's now changed we now sell to retailers as well like we did before um but at, at the time it was just amazon and then obviously covid happened um it's completely the opposite to Jack, whereas it's affected him negatively. I was just lucky that I was in the good industry, whereas bikes and, and um, you know, fitness equipment in general quickly sold out. So anybody who had any stock became leaders in the market. And luckily, as I said, I had, I had a little bit of stock left, whereas everyone else sold out. So, you know, at the start of, of lockdown one, uh, my bikes were on there on Amazon for £350 and by the end of it I was selling them for £750 um, and the demand just spiked so you know again it's not you know nobody could predict what was going to happen but it's that was that proved to be a good choice and, and now things are sort of back to normal again but I'd definitely say uh, to summarise that it's just about being tenacious and using all the different aspects you know for, for 
me it's designing the products as the marketing aspect of it it's the legal side with so many you know the products are important they're all dangerous goods they all have batteries in them they're hazardous and because of that they there's a lot of certificates and uh, admin that's required before anybody wants to sell the product getting you know um, um, insurance for it is really difficult as well so there was a lot we had to do ourselves in terms of going around you know brokers that couldn't help us and things so um mm, mm. lots lots and lots of different aspects of it but um yeah it all helps and so in, law in helps you law 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 again your your study of law the i presume the accounting help your marketing presumably certainly helped as well yes yeah yeah i mean even uh you know even just weekly meetings with you is just important to have somebody to have an advisory role so that's why i think jack was quite you know mm. we've, we've used each other quite a lot in, in terms of bouncing off each other with ideas and and uh and just having somebody who thinks yeah. that sort of that mentality and having that sort of entrepreneurial thought vital and yeah and, 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 and the positive the, the so. positive yeah the positive approach not the oh i wouldn't do that if i were your approach yeah not yeah exactly that. and that's a problem but let's try and fix it rather than giving up you know um so exactly it's just exactly. good to have, yeah. And, and Jack, and Jack, was what? What do you? What out of the all of the learning you did, or you? I think you did quite a lot of learning. What is it that the university experience has really helped you in? Your, well, the, the BBE experience, because it's not quite the same as the university experience. The BBE experience. Well, how has that helped you in your current role? Um, I think one of the main things is uh, is so one of the, one of the subjects we did was. Um, I can't remember the title of it. With with Deborah, you probably remember what the title was. Mm, uh, the service management. Yeah, I always call it service management, management, but it's more than that. Yeah. 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 So I always, um, I particularly saved the lectures from from that, and I found that probably to be one of the most helpful um, for the industry that I work in. Um, you know, mm. because it's all about how to you know deal with different people. You know, whether they're staff members mm. or whether they're you know, members of the public, but the point is everybody thinks differently. And so you really have to adapt yourself mm. um, to every single person you talk to, you know, relative to their needs. Um, so, you know, especially if it's sort of a, you know, a customer that, um, you know, wants to come and spend a lot of money and, you know, they, they want a certain level of service from you, um, you know, whether it's a sure. difficult customer or, or whether it's, uh, you know, a staff member that has an issue, um, I think you know a lot of the learning that we did in that has uh, has helped in terms of um, teaching you know how to adapt um, to each different type of person that you've got to uh, got to talk to and uh, you know and, and learning about how to to sort of tailor yourself to their needs um, mm. and then in terms of the other stuff you know on a daily basis I deal with a lot of figures um, we do a lot of buying obviously um you know from because of our range um our range is quite extensive and because it changes all the time um we're mm. forever sourcing and um and so buying is a is a big big thing you know if you can save money buying mm. then uh you can make more money when you sell it um straight on the bottom line straight on the bottom line yeah exactly and i uh sort of in terms of accounting and that sort of thing i'm particularly obsessed with uh with 
the, the figures and sort of live we have live margin and things like that so um mm -hmm. you know, and percent makes a big difference so you know if we can make yeah. one percent more then it, it makes a huge difference to the bottom line so sort of uh the the accounting modules and that sort of thing are you know have, um meant that i can be very precise with that sort of stuff and and uh, understand it you know to the full and um you know ultimately try to make the business as efficient as possible absolutely that's good stuff that's good stuff now i'm going to ask you a question which is going to test you i like having it's don't worry we've nearly finished you can you can go and have your beer soon um looking back i'll give it to you first jack and then matthias can think about it looking back what would you now say to yourself if you met yourself on your first day at university in the in buckingham in the in university of buckingham what would i say to myself um mm. um i don't know i i think that probably um i it's a very different question but i think mainly for me the tenacity thing is that is generally the most important so um I'd probably tell myself that, you know, no matter what you're doing, if you think it's right, you know, continue to do it. Um, and mm. don't, don't ever look, you know, backwards, really. You know, there's no point in looking at what's behind you. Um, only look forwards. Mm. And, uh, you know, listen to the people that are around you. But, you know, don't necessarily take those, those uh, people's words as, as the Bible, you know. Um, mm ultimately make your own decisions and uh, stick to what you think is right you know after considering other people's opinions because um, some people are going to make some suggestions that are really good and you know will be helpful to you mm. so it's important to take those on board um yeah but uh, you will also get along the way especially with with us being you know reasonably young and that sort of thing um we, we've both Mateus and me have seen it you know people have you know come along and try to give us advice um and they're not necessarily in a position to, to do that um because they don't understand mm. our industries or things like that but they just think that they're more knowledgeable because they're older or you know or something yeah. like that um so we've seen a lot of that over the past couple of years um but uh you know definitely i would tell myself mm. to uh, to stick to what you Ooh. believe well, if, uh, if i were you lad yeah the yeah, famous words I, if I, I were you lad i'd do it this way Yes, I get it quite a yeah, lot. Interesting time, actually. Well, I, I get it less so now, but when we first opened, I had a lot of people come in and, and tell me I was doing it wrong. And uh, because people in Leamington <laughs> hadn't seen an offering like that before, and so it was different. And, uh, you know, the people that are used to the normal offering, some of them might not like it. And um, yeah. so some of those people, you know, tell, told me that the model needed to be changed um, and that nobody would <laughs> like it. Um Mm -hmm. my response to what to them was that uh you know i asked them why they thought the bar was full and uh <laughs> they, they, their response was it's new and so it's bound to be full but uh we've uh, we've only grown every week since so <laughs> nice one and matthias again looking back at your young self on the first day you were there at the university, you'd got all the way from Milton Keynes to Buckingham. And uh, what would you advise yourself now, looking back? Prepare for 2020. Uh, invest in stocks and Zoom. Uh, and, <laughs> and create the hand sanitizer business. 
<laughs> Good advice. Uh, Doctor Who uh, would be no, proud of you. No, um, just do it would be my advice. Just do it. Yeah, and on, uh, don't be so afraid that our failure. Just try. If it works, it works. But most people don't even try in the beginning. So you won't know until you try. So uh, yeah. a lot of times I think I might have been yeah. tentative whether to, you know, to push an, an idea or to to uh, to just go for it. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think I see uni as a, as a practice where, and, and after that, it's the real thing. So just, I should have just, you know, you just go for it. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Gentlemen, um, you've you've reached the end. Um, and so you, we're coming up to 55 minutes, wow. But that's okay, because our normal is about 35 or so, 38. So having two in together, we, we, we've, actually, we've actually got a bit of a discount on it, so it's okay. Yeah. Gentlemen, thank you for your time. Now, also, by the way, Tess, mention your, your company name again, because we're all having the promotion of uh, Jack's business. Very kind of you. It's called Whirlwind. I'm yeah, Whirlwind. It's got a website which is whirlwind-e, um, but it's all on Amazon um, and in retailers. Buy now. Excellent. You'll look, you're, <laughs> and if you get tired on your bike, you could get an electric bike, and he, he won't charge you seven. You're still charging seven hundred pounds, or a bit cheaper now. Well, I'm a bit cheaper now. Markets have changed. You got to adapt to the market. Oh, good. Correct, yeah. correct, correct. Good stuff. Yeah. Very good. Thank you, gentlemen. It's been great talking to you, and obviously we'll be in touch. We'll actually one day we could get together again, couldn't we? That'd be nice. Probably in this yeah. strange bar in Leamington Spa. Mm. Sounds like the place to be. Thank you. Nice Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs>